0: The Toronto Blue Jays are back in the playoffs without having to lift a finger yesterday. Depending on what the boys were doing in the off day, thanks to the Boston Red Sox win over the Baltimore Orioles. Fenway Park, the Jays have clinched their spot in the postseason. Seattle Mariners clinched today. And right now, what we're looking at is Jays, Rays, and Mariners in the playoffs. And at stake, home field advantage for that first round. And uh, Kevin, obviously, now that the Jays have clinched their their place, and congratulations to the Blue Jays, by the way, now Mm -hmm. they've clinched their place, and they will, we're led to believe, be celebrating it post-game tonight after they finish playing the Boston Red Sox.
1: Win or lose?
0: I mean, yeah, it seems like they're going to. I mean, teams celebrate clinching after they've lost, so it's not, I mean, that's not unusual. Teams mm-hmm. sit in their locker room and, or in their clubhouse, and if watching another game, and if the game goes in their favor and their magic numbers won, they celebrate. So, yeah, I mean, I think win or lose. Certainly winning would be a little, would celebrate make the celebration again. a little Celebrate sweeter.
1: again if you get home field advantage?
0: No. No, because that's, it, to me, it's clinching a playoff spot and going to the playoffs. You don't celebrate if you win the, uh, if you get home field advantage. I I don't believe anybody else has done that. Um, unless you delay celebrating. Hmm. But My my sense is that the Jays will will have something tonight. I'm sure. And uh, probably do the team picture and the whole thing mm-hmm. as well after the game against the Red Sox. So that, now that we don't necessarily know the Blue Jays' opposition, but we know that they're going to the playoffs, we can... Uh, I guess focus on some of the postseason uh, roster decisions that might have to be made. That is kind of a fool's game right now because some of it, at least, will be matchup driven. And theoretically, there are players who could help the Blue Jays against the Rays that may not help the Blue Jays against the Mariners, and vice versa. So, mm-hmm. you know, before we uh, before you sit down and put your playoff roster in stone, you carve it in stone, you need to know who you will be playing. But let's open the discussion today. We're going to open the phone lines at 416 870 star 591 888 is a text line. Dan Shulman, David Sampson joining us later on in the show. As always, DMs are open for Barker's back leg bits. Let's open the discussion, and let's, let's talk about who we'd like to see the Jays face in the postseason and maybe start the discussion. Maybe start the discussion about some of the postseason roster decisions that await John Schneider. Before we do that, though, Kevin, um, what does it say about the Blue Jays? Because, again, this is a team that we, some of us thought, go to the World Series. It's a team that a lot of people thought were going to be favorites to win the AL East. Mm. Has this... Year been a good year for the Toronto Blue Jays? Yeah,
1: they're they're in the playoffs. Nobody could expect the the Yankees to look like the Yankees have basically all year. Now we know the Yankees have had some ups and downs, but you know that that was sort of a big surprise because of their age with that Yankees team, and you just didn't really know what the pitching was going to give you, the bullpen, yada yada, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Has it been a good year? Yeah, I think. Basically, all they wanted to do to start the season, I'm assuming the way it sounds, is to have playoff home games. Looks like they're going to do that. Whether that could have been winning the American League East, whether that was winning the top spot in the, in the wild card, which they've, you know, been saying out loud that they won't really want to get that. So, yeah, I think as a team, it has been a really good year. They, every player I talk to, and I'm sure every player you've talked to all say the same thing. All we want to do is get in. Mm -hmm. Once we get in, it's gloves off. We're going to have a bunch of fun. We're going to turn into who everybody wants us to turn into. So that's yet to be seen. Individually, I think that's where you could start picking a little bit and ask yourself individually as a whole, has it been a good season? Like, you know, everybody that you ask about Vladdy has about 10 different answers. Me, I think he's had borderline great season. The hit 30 and 90 and hitting somewhere around the 275 mark, you know, I said he's going to have a career of 330 and 100. Now he's not going to obviously do the do the hundred or the 300, but I it's borderline great season. Everything that goes into trying to be Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and all all of a sudden he's a you know borderline great defender at first base too. So yeah, I think it's a more of a you could pick at the individual thing more than you can ask if they've had a good season. Because I think they have just making the playoffs.
0: 416-870-0590, star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is a tax line. What are your worries about the Jays going in the postseason? Who would
1: you like to see him play? Anybody at home? Well,
0: any yeah, any of the two teams at home.
1: Yeah, either of them. Their lineup scares me. They're very right-handed. We've been yelling and screaming that all year. This for me is where it will show up. Playoffs.
0: We'll know, I think, based on some of the roster decisions that opposing teams make, just how significant that is. I mean, if you were the Mariners or the Rays with a lot of options in your bullpen, it's pretty easy to game plan for the Blue Jays. Two certainly pitchers. compared certainly compared to other teams. One,
1: one location, there's no setting anybody up. Yeah, and Any other question? I think you got to ask yourself too. If John Snyder's got to go to somebody and say the the to get the third out the fifth inning. You okay with who they got? You okay to bridge the gap from the sixth inning? I am Whoever now. they got. You okay in the seventh? Now you got Bass, Garcia, and Romano, sorta of whatever order. And Mays is that rover, right? He's going to do whatever John asked him to do. Phelps is, you don't know really what Phelps is going to give you. Trevor Richards, uh, you know, the change up, the the location, the velocity of the fastball, better. So I think. Are you okay with that part of it yeah i listen I'm not maybe for
0: the first time in a long time, I'm not concerned about the bullpen I, I'm just not. I think that they've got they've got enough answers there more importantly, John Schneider, Pete Walker, and Matt Bushman, whatever weaknesses the bullpen has, they've done a pretty good job of managing their way no around it all year and and I feel very good about. I feel
1: very good about the
0: pitching. I do th- I, honest to
1: God, I feel really
0: good about the pitching. I
1: do think they do have some more no-brainers out of their bullpen. Like they have guys in certain innings that they know they can go to. Like it's you have sort of the seventh inning taken care of. You have the eighth inning taken care of. Jordan Romano for me. That's the question with the slider. How much is he going to use it? How good will it be? Can he get guys out when everybody's watching at home? That that is a little bit of a question. Yeah. I,
0: I mean, we're, we're talking about, we're talking about a bunch of guys in the bullpen that don't have a big history of postseason success. No, no. let's be honest. Well,
1: it's about stuff now, but it, it
0: yeah. yeah, And, and, it, and that's my point. Yeah. We'll, we'll always, we'll always have a concern about the blue Jays bullpen during these playoffs because they have, they haven't been through it before, but I'm only going on what I've seen, like, in the past half of the year. Mm-hmm. They've been good yep. for the past half of the season. And there's no reason to think that all of a sudden that's going to stop. You know, from, you, I, so. you, you look at everybody's last outing. Adam Simber had a nightmare the last night. But you look at everybody's last outing, there are no issues with velocity. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood, as far as we know, they're all healthy. And there's still, granted, there's still six games left. But as far as we know, they're all healthy. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to lose sleep over the bullpen because Mariana Rivera is not going to be closing games for you mm-hmm. and you don't have seven guys throwing 101, I guess you can. But but based on what I've seen this year, I've got complete and total confidence in the bullpen. Same with the starting pitching. I'm, I'm with you. Um, my concern
1: is the similarity of that lineup, one yeah. through nine. Well, That's big, my concern. Your big concern, too, is if this is not – Manoa's last start of the season, and he doesn't start game one, what do you do now? Like, I, I get Gosman's going to start one of those games. How do you fill in the blank for the other good, two you have
0: Gosman's good against Tampa. I, I want Gosman pitching against well, Tampa.
1: Well, yeah, one or the first two games, obviously. But if Manoa doesn't get the pitch in I'm one not of those, you that, throw him in Baltimore. Now what? Well, fine. well then you go with Stripling or Brios. Is it ideal? No.
0: You'd love to have Manoa. But... This is an organization that wants home field advantage. This is an organization that's prepared to have Alec Manoa miss his turn in the playoffs so they can get home field advantage. It's not how I would play it, but it's irrelevant. That's how they're playing it. So I, why argue? I I mean, it's pointless.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's pointless having the discussion. Well, we're talking. about That's words. the way it's going to be. That's a little word.
1: That's the
0: way it's going to be. I though. think
1: so too. The lineup
0: for me is the is is the big concern, I'm and, and I'm I'm gonna say this too. I'm a little concerned
1: about the sloppiness in the past couple of games. Mm-hmm. You're okay with Witt playing second for three games in the playoffs. You're yeah. okay with Bo Bichette playing shortstop. Well, i you obviously yeah. got no choice. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, you're okay with, say, Lourdes comes back. You're okay with Lourdes Fine. not playing a ton of games, playing left field. Because uh, he's playing because of who you need yeah. to be DHing because of who's catching. Yeah, and no, that's my question. Lourdes, that's why. And you can't sit here and, and
0: complain about how it's a lineup that it looks the same, and then you got one guy in your lineup, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who's completely different from any other hitter you got, and say, sure. "Well, I don't know if I want to play." If Lourdes is healthy, he plays. Absolutely. Outfield defense, man. If you're lo- you if you you you're losing games because of outfield defense, that means you're pitching stunk because that means a whole ton of balls are being mm-hmm.
1: hit. And a whole ton of balls are being Well, that gets play. back to that Manoa thing. If Manoa's not throwing one of those three games, now all of a sudden that puts more pressure on them to catch the baseball. That was the point, right? So a lot goes into, they got a good team. Well, we're picking at these things. But if you want to sit down and look at rosters and who may not be there and who's injured and who might not pitch, can they make up for Manoa because of their bullpen? Maybe that's a plus. You know... Once you get, if you get to the
0: third game of that series, you're going to be using everybody. Absolutely. you'll use Manoa and Barrios out of the bullpen if you have to mm. in that game, maybe. But you shouldn't have to because you've got enough options. It would have to be a night for that to happen. You essentially would have had to lose the second game in 17 innings or something like that. Yeah, and burnt your bullpen. I would,
1: out. I would say this. Right? I will, I will bet you if they're at home, they win game one. Say Gosman throws game one and they win that game. I would say they'll do everything possible. If they, if they have to throw everybody they have to win game two so it don't go to game three, they'll do it.
0: Yeah, I can,
1: I, I can see that. You would think so.
0: 416 870 star 591 666 590 is the text line. Let's go to Eddie in Fort Erie. How you doing, Eddie?
2: Oh, good. How you guys doing today? Doing great. What you got to say? Well, I have a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I don't want to face anybody out of those three, and I'll give you some reasons. Um, first of all, I don't want to face Cleveland because they kind of remind me of the 2015 Royals. And I'm not just saying that because they were they – were, the Blue Jays lost to them, but because they put the ball in play, they pitch, and they hustle, which was something that happened to the, to the Blue Jays in 2015 in game six. I mean, we all know what happened there. Now – The other two being uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays and the Mariners. I got a little theory, gentlemen, because I heard you talking about how heavy right-handed they are. Mm -hmm. I'd be willing to bet, like, let's say if they face Tampa Bay, they throw Shane McClanahan and Jeffrey Springs in the first two games, both left-handers. And then in the Seattle series, they might throw Robbie Ray in game one and Marco Gonzalez in game two, because they, they know how, I mean, think about this for Ray. We know what he is, hard thrower with a, Wipeout slider and Gonzalez has that uh, 84 mile an hour uh, fastball that he throws. It's a big drop in velocity but, um, between the two. And my concern is for the Blue Jays is their defense. You guys just touched on it with Bo Bichette. He made some pretty bad uh, throws, and then he had a he didn't do well on that um, slide in second base. And that happened that's happened to him a lot this year. I mean, yeah, he's done good, but I find that that's happened a lot. So. That's my take for the playoffs, but I can't wait for next week, though, gentlemen.
0: Mm-hmm. That'll be a lot of fun, Eddie. Thanks for the call. Yeah, and again, I'm, I'm going to when I talk about the Yankee series, the sloppiness, I'm going to extend it beyond. And Eddie makes a good point. I'm going to extend it beyond the defense. I mean, Buck used the right phrase. They've got to tighten up. Yeah, they just have to tighten their game up. Mm-hmm. They have to clean it up. Sounds like a cliche, but you, they've got to clean it up. And I don't know. There's. I mean, we know that there's been that's the school of thought around the Blue Jays organization that getting into the playoffs will allow these guys to take a deep breath and exhale. I mean, this is something we've been told by people that's what they say. in the organization. This is mm-hmm. people who are around these dudes every, all the time. Every day. Every day. Mm-hmm. That's what they're telling us. They're saying, we know these guys. They're trying so hard to get in. Now that they're in, yeah. you're, and, and once they get in, you're going to see a completely different... Well, okay, the proof will be in the pudding. It but will. But let's... The proof has to be in the pudding because I will tell you this: if they're as sloppy as they were in those two games against the Yankees, they're going to be they're going to be bum rushed out of the playoffs. They'll be boat raced out of the playoffs by either Seattle or Tampa.
1: Yeah, well, Tampa's got Glass now too. Uh, Shane McClanahan is a different animal. I mean, the '99 with the Bucs many change-up. Rasmussen—he's right-handed, so I, I would think Springs, that, they've got some I, Well, I would think they're not getting a couple of lefties in a row. You're probably going to get just by Glass now coming back. You're getting. A lot of right-handed Fuego other than Shane McClanahan, yeah. which is totally doesn't matter. Totally yeah, big. yeah exactly. it doesn't matter if you're hitting whatever side you want to hit on. So I I think it comes down to how many times you don't strike out as a lineup, put the ball in play. You know, that that Cleveland thing is a big deal. Now, they don't hit a ton of homers, which is probably going to hurt them in the playoffs. You're facing better pitching. You're facing game plans. Everybody's watching you trying, right. trying to figure out how to get you out. You know what, They're not going to be an easy out, but and, you got to, you know, you got it's Further to your point, you got to play a complete game. When you have to make an out, make the out. Here's the thing with Cleveland is they have a lot, much like the Jays,
0: they have a lot of young players who haven't been there before. they yeah. got a ton of guys who haven't been there before.
1: Expectations are not there. Like it's, it, they're, they're playing without ex, money. Yeah, the expect, no, one, no
0: one expected yeah. them. The no the Jays one at the start of the year was, say, exactly, was <laughs> saying that, that they <laughs> might win their division or go to the playoffs. Yep. They have one thing, though. They have one thing. They have Jose Ramirez. And they have the knowledge that they can I mean, they just they didn't beat the Blue Jays this year. They, it was, they tortured the Blue Jays mm-hmm. this year. They really did. And also with Cleveland. Cleveland's got Jose Barrios's number. Like if you're if you're if you're facing the Cleveland Guardians, there's a situation where you, you just – you don't you, – not only don't you need Jose Brios, you probably don't want to see him. They got his number. Mm. But I don't – I don't see this team – I don't see this team finishing third in the wild card race.
1: doesn't look like that.
0: No. I just don't. I, f- I, I see them – I see them, frankly, I see them getting home field. I, based on, I don't know what. I'm going to take people at their word when they say that this, making the playoffs is going to make a difference to these guys and there's going to be this, you know. Loosely? Uh, there's, there's going to be this sort of uh, weight being lifted off, being lifted off their shoulders. Terry in Miramichi, New Brunswick. What's up, Terry?
3: Hey, guys. Thanks so much for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I've loved you guys all summer. It's Thanks, been so sir. great. Thanks, you Thank know, you. I, I don't know how this long this season's going, but I don't want it to end. It's, uh, <laughs> it's been a great run. It's been frustrating, obviously, by times. But it's exciting to see the Jays in the playoffs. I don't care who they play. For me, uh, you know, unless they make a major run, I mean, I don't see them getting all the way through the playoffs. I'm looking at experience uh these guys getting additional experience and this is going to benefit them down the road next year and the year after that's kind of the way i see it we know that teams can get hot and if they get hot they can make a serious run i hope they stay in a long time and go all the way obviously but you know the likelihood of that based on what i've seen is is probably you know not great
0: Terry, be well thank you very much for the call yeah. i i uh yeah, bearing in mind that they I mean they've they've been a, they've had a playoff of sorts, right? So right in two thousand and two thousand and twenty they were in that that sort of pandemic shortened season in the three game series. And as we remember, that was not a particularly satisfying playoff. That you know, the memories of Bo's three errors in that that final game mm-hmm. uh really kind of um you know, they kinda they kind of stick in your head a little bit. So it's not as if they haven't had playoff experience or playoff pressure before, but it's different. It's different now compared to what it was back then. This is after 162. This is you know, all your warts have been exposed over 162. There's, 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 there's not much you can sneak by people through 162 games. Uh, I'm not – I'm looking for the young guys to gain experience here. But I don't think that I would be – I'm not in a position where I'm just happy to be there if I'm the Blue Jays. 2020, you know, everything going on. God, can't believe you guys made the yep. playoffs. Really yep. well done. Um, really well done. This year, I'm not just happy uh, to be there. This year, I'm not just happy to be there. Let me please- I'm expected I'm – ex- I expect this team, and I think, I know the front office expects this team, they expect this team to win a series.
1: Let me ask you a question. They if, really do. If they play the Rays at home, three games, they win that series, and then they get swept by the Astros. Good season? Swept. Okay. And,
0: and uh, swept uh, by the Astros. No, an okay season. And keeping in mind that they beat the Astros five times this uh, year. The playoffs are different. Maybe. They beat the Astros five times this year. The same pitchers, as far as I can tell, now except for McCullers, same pitcher, same bullpen, facing the same offense for the most part. Didn't have Trey Mancini. Hmm. Um it, it, but your your question is if, if there's if they win a series and they're swept by the Astros, that's an okay season.
1: I still think it's a good season. A really good season. Yeah, it's not really good. It's okay. I, for me the Astros are way up here, and there's everybody else, and everybody else is the Blue Jays. I, there's that for me anyway when I watch the games there's that big of a separation yeah, maybe no so I, I think I think still that's for me a good season it's progress winning a playoff
0: winning here, here's the right would say winning a playoff series is progress I mean ask the Maple Leafs that they wouldn't mind winning a playoff series
1: they, they have a blueprint now you watch the the couple of games they lost against the Yankees they were awful defense was terrible like just throwing strike one being really good it, as a pitching staff as a whole, with two strikes, that's the big deal. You want to watch for one thing in the playoffs? Look how they, how many times they get hitters out with two strikes. It, how efficient. Tim Mays is four pitches and out against Judge. Four pitches and out. They want to be real efficient. Get the two strikes, get them out, right? Mm-hmm. You want something happening real quick with two strikes. Look at that if you want to. That has to be better for me and the defense. If you want to look at anything the last couple of games, if you're a khaki, you're looking around, the one couple of, or the couple of things is the two strikes as your, as a pitching as a whole and playing good defense. There's your blueprint. You want to have conversations and, and meetings and all the things that go into trying to be a playoff team, and win playoff series. It's about clean up those kind of things. You better at those because you have a lot of talent. That'll give you a better chance of winning games. Daryl and Whitby, you think
0: the whole key is to avoid tamp at all costs? I do.
3: I, I 100% do, regardless if it's home or away. I mean, you can look at regular season, but we all know when it comes to playoffs, it's a whole different kettle of fish. And Tampa Bay really ramps up their playoffs uh, when they're playing in the playoffs. And the one, one major concern I have with the Jays going through this is they got to stay consistent with their hitting. You can't have guys going 0-3, 0-4, and getting into the seventh inning, and it's still... 00 or 3 0 like they did with the Yankees. They gotta they gotta hit Mark. They gotta be more disciplined at the plate. Wait for
0: their pitches. Yeah, uh, I appreciate the call, Daryl. I mean Great call. It, it is, but yeah. that's not this team. This this team uh, <laughs> that's not this team. I I don't think yeah, this D- I, I don't think this team is gonna find its I don't think this team is going to find its identity over the next six yeah, or change its identity Dar- over the next six, to six games. Daryl's
1: point is it has to get better if they think they're going to make a decent run in the playoffs. I well, think yeah. that's Daryl's point. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I, that they have good, a good enough offense that if they take the close one and get the one down the middle, they'll have a better chance. But a lot of the times they don't do that. That's why it's 3 nothing. That's Daryl's point. Is can you do that in the playoffs? Because let's be honest playoffs, you will have to do it. Yeah. You don't have no choice. If you don't do it, you're going home. I mean, it's simple. Yeah, so that's a great call for me. Uh,
0: but I just, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't know if a light. Well, we'll find out because the, the, the key to the whole Jays once they're in, they're going to be comfortable thing is that they're capable of flipping a switch. They, this teams never had to flip a switch.
1: They need the first four guys well, in their see. order to be great, not good, and a surprise at the back end of the lineup. Well, they, yeah, but. The first four guys in the order have
0: not been great okay. together at any point this year. Well, you're
1: year. asking, can they make a deep run? Can they, yeah. If they go past the first round, if they're in one of those first two spots and they get the Astros, the first four guys have to be great. It's That's the point. Like, to move on and keep going, perfect scenario, right?
0: I mean, I guess. I think they could win if three of the four are good. I, I don't. Mm. I mean, they are. I yeah, will see. They've they've basically won without Vladdy making much of a contribution in the past month. They've won. What is Boa? 46 hits this month, club record? I, I think it's very I think it's the top well, that's four. Why I, but, second. I, I think it's very I think it's very simple. I think mean, the key to this offense is to me, Springer, mm-hmm. Bichette. I don't even put vlady in as key Kirky. to this group anymore. Kirk and Somebody between Chapman, Teoscar, and Gurriel has to have, I think that's, that's where your quote-unquote surprise has to come from. Yeah, One yeah. of those three guys have to have a series that is above what they've done you, in the regular you season. You said
1: Teo and Chapman. if, and I know, Gurriel, if, if, if he's healthy. I, if I know fastball up to Chapman, slider down and away to Teoscar, you don't think Seattle and the Rays know that? Yeah, but I understand that. They've known it all. They've known it all I, year. I understand I, that. But I mean, the point that Daryl, which is, uh, is a great point, is if I know it, they know it. The player knows it, needs to go up and try and say, okay, that's my weakness. Don't swing at that until I have to. Those kind of things. Yeah, those they've known those that, little at bats that need they, to get a little that, bit better. They've known that since day
0: one, since April. <laughs> they have. You know, again, maybe the day off. No. You know, the baseball gods zapped down a whole bunch of intelligence in some of these guys and they're and they're and they're gonna change their approach. That's why I keep getting back to pitching and defense. The thing that has yeah. been most consistent this year has been the start, I'm sorry, pitching and yeah, bull, starting pitching and bullpen. The two things that have been the most consistent this year have been their starting pitching and their bullpen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we can sit here and say the offense has got to do this,
1: the offense has got to do that. They're gonna win with pitching. Mm-hmm. And who who John goes to when he takes the starter out to get to the seventh inning guy. Yeah. That's going to be the key. Uh, In
0: recognition of the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, radio stations across the country are coming together across Canada to amplify, elevate, listen to, and learn from indigenous voices with A Day to Listen 2022. It's in partnership with the Gord Downey and Johnny Wenjack Fund. Listeners can tune into radio stations across the country, including our music stations 98.1 CHFI and Kiss 92.5. From 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. today, listeners will hear stories from indigenous leaders, residential school survivors, musicians, and teachers. For more information, visit a day to listen.ca. Dan Shulman is our Blue Jays play-by-play voice on Sportsnet. He'll have the call of the game tonight. First of three against the Boston Red Sox, seven oh seven. He joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet five ninety, the Fan Sportsnet three sixty, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcast. So, how much money is hosting a playoff game worth to a franchise? David Sampson, MLB analyst with CBS Sports HQ, former Marlins president, will join us.
1: A great question. A lot of it. Yeah, I would think it would be. Three games. Three
0: games. And you don't have to play, you don't have to pay for travel? flying travel and I don't know. We'll ask uh we'll ask David Sampson if there's any any particular formula. Uh, formula to that. And a lot, I mean I also want to talk to David about. Our discussion about Aaron Judge yesterday and, and, and what the Yankees do with Aaron Judge and, and by extension uh by extension what the Jays do with flatty Jr. and and Alec Manoa and and Bo Bichette. because one of the things David Sampson and Jeffrey Laurie did, and it's odd because people people view them as the guys who took the expos out of Montreal mm-hmm. and you know talked the city of Miami into building a stadium and all that. But As owners, they did give out big contracts. They gave out a massive contract to Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, They gave out, folks in Montreal might remember this, they actually signed Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to a multi-year contract before he became a free agent. So, And uh, they in the past have shown a willingness to go in and give big contracts to players. And I want to talk to David about, is there something to be said for having a guy the fans like his teammates like you like as an owner is there is is there a dollar value there is it are there players where you go beyond the where, where you go beyond how much their return on the field how much is, is like worth, worth? how much is like worth <laughs> yeah how much is it how much does it cost to keep your favorite player on the team. So we'll talk to David Sampson about that um, and and, and see what his take on that is. We mentioned the Blue Jays have clinched a postseason berth. Uh, I believe Seattle Mariners think today the Mariners can clinch. Yep. Uh, The Jays clinched yesterday when uh, the Boston Red Sox beat the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles are still mathematically alive. uh, M's need to
1: win. Orioles need to lose.
0: Yeah, in in the postseason race. Um, they're still mathematically alive, mm-hmm. but uh, and then of course once that happens, it'll be a matter of who's going where, who's going where. Yeah, Dan Schulman's our Blue Jays play-by-play voice on Sportsnet, mm-hmm. and he joins us in Blair and Barker. Dan, thank, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself today. Very simple question to start the discussion. Uh, let let's for argument's sake assume that uh, the, Toronto, Tampa, and and Seattle are the three wild card teams. Who do the Jays definitely not want to play? Who would they prefer to play of those
3: three other teams, including the Cleveland Guardians? You know, I, I'm more concerned with where than who, to okay. be honest with you. And and I know, I know in baseball, home field doesn't mean as much as it does in football or home court and basketball or home ice and hockey. But boy, oh boy. Like I don't think any right-minded Blue Jays fan wants to see them go to the drop. Like nobody wants to see them go to the drop, even if they did win the last two games last week. Um, I guess of the three, if I if you made me pick one, Jeff, I think I would pick Seattle. Like Seattle's mm-hmm. not playing well right now. They haven't played a good team in two weeks. Nothing resembling a good team in two weeks. And I think they're what at four and nine in their mm-hmm. last thirteen, something like that. I know they've won two in a row, but like even these last two wins have been, you know, by the skin of their teeth. So I guess it would be Seattle. But um, the two things I'm most concerned about, I, I'd love to see them at home. And mm-hmm. and obviously I'd love to see them not use Alec Manoa Wednesday so that he pitches game one of the playoffs, which is I think the way they will do it no matter what the situation is. But uh, to me, if you've got Alec Manoa standing on the home mound on Whatever it is next Friday night, you're off to a pretty good start. So
0: you you think that they're that that despite everything that that that's been told that that it would really that that you'll see Alec Manoa uh, start in the postseason because the Jays have already clinched, or because, or I'm sorry, because they've already got home field, or because at the end of the day, all the brave talk about we'll do whatever it takes to get home field will be pushed aside by I'd rather have Alec Manoa starting game one.
3: I think it's more number two, but let me say this. I was not on the series in Tampa Bay when John Schneider was asked about Fair it. Enough. And I've read, I've read conflicting things okay. about it. Fair so enough. I, I, I believe the question that was asked of Schneider was, would you consider using Alec Manoa if it meant locking down home field, okay. not would you use Alec Manoa? But again, I wasn't there. So all, okay. uh, all um, that's all fair. I'm saying. Yeah. So like they could go into the last day of the season, say tied with Tampa just for argument's sake. And then they need a win and a Tampa loss to get home field. They could go in a game ahead of Tampa and then all they need is a win. Like there's all sorts of layers and levels to mm-hmm. this. And, um, I don't think they really locked down the decision and, you know, for another two, three days, um, I'm just saying I hope he's on the mound. And and to me, if if the difference was home field but Manoa can't pitch in the series or you're on the road but Manoa can pitch in the series – I take door number two. I want, I want Alec Manoa I'm on the mound. You. So, so yeah, to me, the most important – you asked me about who they would play. I guess the most important thing to me is Alec Manoa pitches game one. The next most important thing to me would be home field. And then the next most important thing would probably <laughs> be, be who they play. So, you know, you also don't want to get, you know, too cute, too smart about all this yes. stuff, right? Go, go win games between now and then and, and see what happens.
1: Well, yeah. we, know, we know the pitching has to be great. But in the playoffs, is there one part of the Jays game or is there one person – that really has to be borderline great for the Blue Jays to go a little bit further. I'm not going to say the world series cause got to have a lot of luck, but I'm yeah. going to say, make a run at a world series.
3: You know, uh, the, the first guy that jumps to mind for me is Tim Mesa because Tim Mesa may only be asked to get four outs in three games or something like that. But we all know if he's in the game, it's a big spot, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and and he's the only guy like that they've got. Now they like some of their righties against lefties, Simber and Richards and Garcia. But for the hitter, uh, you know, sometimes uh, every team out there has got a good left-handed batter or two, and and um, some, you know, it could be Jesse Winker coming up in a big spot or mm-hmm. G-Man Choi coming up um, in, in a big spot, et cetera, et cetera, and. Tim Meza, you know his his value per out is extremely high because because the the situations he's in are extremely big and and we should remember and I'm not saying this is an issue or not I'm not saying this is an issue because I don't believe it's an issue but neither Jordan Romano nor Tim Meza has ever pitched in the postseason before uh, Romano was hurt in 2020 and Meza had had Tommy John didn't pitch at all that season so. Now, they're, I'm not suggesting for a moment that's going to be an issue for them, but this, you know, it will be a new experience for them, and I think they're both going to do great. But you know, the obvious answer, I guess, is a starting pitcher or the closer. But I, I think I'll go with Mesa because, uh, you know, we all we've all seen enough of baseball to know when that high leverage lefty comes in, it's for a good reason. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, obviously, the matchup will. I would think the matchup will have a say in the final composition of the Blue Jays roster going into the into the postseason, um, although. You know, we, 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 everybody's been playing this game of, of coming up with the, the postseason roster. And it's actually, I'm not, I, I think in, in, in some of these situations, we tend to overthink it and, make it and make it awfully complicated. It seems to me that the decisions here, Dan, there's kind of one decision that runs through the postseason roster, regardless of who you're facing. And that is, do you take the third catcher? It depends on health, right? I mean, if it, it gets complicated, if Espinal and 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 Guriel are both healthy, mm-hmm. um, I have my doubts about Espinel being healthy, to be honest, because time's a wasting. But let's say Espinal is is not available for the first series. How, how do you think they plan, they game plan it in terms of the bench and in terms of the bullpen?
3: Okay, okay. So can I start on the pitching side first, yeah. if that's okay? Yeah. So. Uh, they've got 28 players on the roster. Now you get 26 in the playoffs, right? You, you could take 13 pitchers. You could take 12, right? Three games. I think they're taking 12. Yeah. I, I don't think they're taking 13. So in my mind, my guess is it's the 14 they've got now minus you say Kikuchi. Mm-hmm. And I think minus Mitch white, yep. that would be, that would be my guess. I, I don't believe Barrios is going to start a game, but I do believe Jose Barrios is going to be on the roster. Yes. And, and, you know, Barrios would pitch, uh, you know, somebody takes a comeback or off the knee in the second inning or somebody gets in trouble early, a David Phelps or a Zach Pop comes in to put out the fire, and then Barrios comes in to soak up innings after that. Mm-hmm. That that would be my guess. So, now, that's not to say that a Mitch White couldn't be on the roster the next round. He very well could. So. Right. Uh, they could go from 12 to 13, but I think they'll go with 12, which leaves 14 position players. They've got 14 now, as you mentioned. Guriel and Espinal are not a part of it, um, and we know Guriel is ahead of Espinal in terms of coming back. So, um, I don't think they've done this dance with Bradley Zimmer this long to not have him on the playoff roster. Um, That's yeah, yeah. They they've had him this season because they feel there are two very specific times they might want him and that's to pinch run, let's say, for Alejandro Kirk, or to play center field in the eighth and ninth inning, maybe if they're up a run or two late in a game. So it's a great question about Gabby Moreno. Let's say Guriel is on, but Espinal is not. Then is your last player Gabby Moreno, because you want the flexibility the third catcher gives you, or do you need like a legitimate backup shortstop? Mm -hmm. Because if they don't have Otto Lopez... And they don't have Santiago Espinal, if something happens to Bo Bichette, what do you do? You got Matt Chapman uh, moving to short. You got right? Matt Chapman hmm. moving Biggio to short. To that, third. That, um, that's my guess too. Is yeah. Matt Chapman moving to short and Biggio to third? And obviously that's not the way you want to do it. No. So there's there's some risk there too. So um you I think you gotta weigh that against Gabby Moreno. Um, I'm not convinced Moreno's on the roster. I think they might want the, the shortstop insurance just in case. Um, my guess is Kirk catches game one with Manoa, right? He's done it almost every time this year. Um, so if you run for Kirk, you've got Jansen as a backup. My guess is Jansen catches game two and Kirk DHs. So if you run for Kirk, he's the DH. It's not a problem. I, I think they can kind of wiggle around the third catcher thing, but they might sleep better at night if they have another infielder on the roster. But it, it is a fascinating uh, c- a conversation to have a fascinating decision. Dan, yeah, you, it is
1: Dan. Yeah. You've covered a ton of playoff games. And I just want to ask, because a lot of people say, well, you know, th- this player needs to do this in the playoffs. This player needs to do that in the playoffs. And you, you know, if a player has swung at a ball, a fastball up all year, are they capable of going, okay, I've swung at it all year, but the playoffs, I'm not going to swing at it. I'm going to get a ball down if i don't like the slider away you know like a teoscar so to speak yeah. like, can he lay off of that in the playoff game and swing at something else in your experience have you ever seen a player
3: or team do that i i think it, they can because maybe the stakes are higher the focus is stronger the, the reminders are more frequent is it hard yeah i i mean at the end of the day people are what they are yeah uh, you know whether whether it's anybody Teoscar or Kirk or Gosman or Manoa Romano, anybody, you know, we, we've got a lot of evidence about what guys are. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, we've only been watching them for a couple of weeks, but um, yes, I, I think they can Kevin, I think they can mm-hmm. step up. And, and sometimes maybe it's easier to do it for a day or two or three when the stakes are the highest than to do it for a week or two in July or in May or, or mm-hmm. something like that. It, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but I, yeah, no, I understand your question, but I'm not willing to say, you know, Teoscar can't do this or Vladdy can't do this or, yeah. or or anything like that because we've seen it in there. I, I mean, listen, Teoscar's won two silver sluggers, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he, he can have peaks and valleys with the best of them. But um, you know, good Teoscar is really, really good, and it, it's in there. And and so, yeah, I, I think it's totally possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Dan, do we have to guard against reading too much into the sloppiness of those final two games against the Yankees series? Pleasure. Not not just uh, defensively, but also some of the stuff we saw on the on the base pass. Because you know, I was thinking about this this morning, driving in, and I mean, it's been a major topic of discussion,
3: obviously, because it wasn't a good look for those two games. But yeah. I, do we have to be a little careful, don't we? I I think so. And and that's almost like the team version of the question Kevin just asked about. Right. Right. right? So um, we've seen them play a week or 10 days where they don't do these things and they look sharp and focused. And that's when we all say, you know what, they can play with anybody in baseball. And then we see two, three days where it creeps back in and it's concerning. So um, I wouldn't make too much of it. Again, you hope that in the playoffs when the stakes are the highest, and the focus should be the sharpest that um, it, it it doesn't crop up. So, but it it, it is sometimes the little things in the big moments are huge in the playoffs. And it can be as simple as, did you tag or go halfway? Did you make the right decision? Whatever the decision is. Did you hit the cutoff man with the throw? It, it's, you know, that's the next layer of little things, right? Not, you know, we've been talking about an error or not getting out of the box quickly or something like that. But there's a whole other level of, of execution, um, you know, in a one-run game and the 10th. Like, let's remember, too, there's no runner at second base in the playoffs, right? It's right. All, it's, base- yes. it's baseball. So you might be in the 10th inning or the 14th inning of a game where the tiniest thing might determine whether or not you win the game. And they, they've, they can do the big things really, really well. Um, I, hopefully, they'll do the small things. Uh, well enough I, I i I think they will, and and if they 're going to lose you 'd like to see them lose just because the other team beat them, not because they beat themselves. Um, I also think sometimes to your point, Jeff, you know sometimes when you watch a team one hundred and fifty six games like we have, you see the warts right, and mm-hmm. other other teams have warts too. There may be different kinds of warts, but every team has warts. How do you think they use David Phelps? Uh, I think he's the get out of the inning guy. He's always been the fireman this year, right? Like yeah. if, if the if the innings on fire, you use Phelps to come in um, and then get you through it. So it could be whatever whatever game, you know, it could be the sixth inning of a game and and Gosman's at you know 102 pitches and it's and he's got a couple of men on with one out and the top of the order's coming up the fourth time. Say if he's gone that deep into the game, you know, something like that. I think he comes in. To me, Phelps and Zach Pop are yep. both – they're kind of in the same area. I think they like them both. They feel very comfortable bringing both of them in with men on base to try to put out the fire. And then maybe you go to Garcia or Bass or Mays or whatever the matchup dictates after that. But David Phelps is another guy. In the moment, he might come in and they're down 4-1 to one or something, and you might say, oh, this is not a high-leverage situation. I disagree with that because – that's when the game can be lost. If four one gets to six one or whatever, that's when the game can be lost. And I I think he has gotten and probably will need to get some big outs for them in October. I was
1: just going to ask you if you thought fans were okay seeing Zach Pop, but I think you just answered that.
3: I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, Zach Pop has earned the right to be on this team. Like I'm again, they've got fourteen pitchers now. Kikuchi is an easy choice to take off. That gets it down to 13. Um, Zach Pop has earned the right to be on this team for a couple of reasons. One, uh, and I love the fact how they push their relievers a little bit more. He looks very comfortable going out there for two innings. Yes. And you've got three games in three days. And let's say game one, whoever it's against, whoever's pitching doesn't go well, you'd rather only use two or three relievers to get you through and save the other guys than four or five relievers. And if. If a Pop can go two innings, if a Phelps can go two innings, if a Richards can go two innings, that's very good news for Garcia and Bass and Mesa and Romano. So um, I'll tell you this, uh, from like you said, Jeff, doing a zillion playoff games, and and we're lucky when you do them for ESPN Radio because you're a rights holder. You get 15 minutes with each manager before the game, and I cannot tell you how often over the years managers in October track record doesn't mean as much anymore. It's Mm -hmm. about are you in the circle of trust Mm -hmm. right now? Yep. And, and I strongly believe from the conversations I've had with people around the team recently, Zach pop is in the circle of trust.
1: That's well, right
0: 99. It that helps. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: Danny, thanks for doing this. Have a great call great tonight. Stuff. Have a great call through the weekend, safe travels. And uh, we'll be talking again. Thanks, thanks a my friend. You
3: guys. Thanks. Talk to you soon. See ya.
0: Dan Shulman, Blue Jays, play-by-play voice on sports net. Seven Oh seven is the first pitch and uh, it'd be nice if, you know, in the players come out in the field before the game here. Be nice to give them a little recognition for yeah. clinching the playoff spot. Mm-hmm. I think it would I think I'm sure the scoreboard folks still have something lined up for it. Mm-hmm. Uh 59590 is a text line David and Collingwood, Hey guys, maybe we're looking at this wrong. Uh I want home field and the wild card 100%, but I also want to avoid playing Houston for as long as possible. Maybe the third place wild card is the best option. Play Cleveland, the Yanks and then get the Strohs and the ALCS. That, that is, um, yeah, first of all, you don't want to get too cute with figuring out, okay, if we play this team, that means we're going to play. You you don't want to get too cute with that. I kind of thought that too. Originally. Look, (laughs) at some point you're going to have to play Houston one way or another. And, I look at what matchup gives me the best chance to win that first that three game series, and this is just me, but I really do want no part of the Guardians. I, I yeah, I I you know what I I don't. The Guardians are a little too much mirror image of the Blue Jays for my liking, and maybe uh, it's, it's the result of the series the Jays have played against the Guardians. But the, that Guardians lineup, the Guardians pitching. And the fact that the Guardians have got a bunch of guys. They've got a guy like Cal Quantrill who can't seem to lose at home. I, I think you're, I think people are, are, are sleeping a little bit in the Guardians. I, frankly, would rather face the Rays or Seattle in the first Dan, round Dan's, of the Guardians.
1: Dan said something about trust. I, that's what I think. If you're an organization, I think sometimes you try and line up your best against the other team's best, and you play the cards. Like you, I, I think it just has to be that. Sometimes you just can't overthink it. It just has to be if I can line Manoa up, if I can line Gosman up, if I like stripling and all my bullpen and I got my healthy lineup, I'm going to try and get home field advantage, and then I'm just going to let it fall where it may. Here's my best against your best, and we'll take our chances.
0: Mark from Toronto says, "I I still think John said they'd use Manoa in 162 as motivation. The guys know, talking about guys, he's talking about his teammates. The guys know he needs to pitch in the playoffs now it's on them to make 162 not matter. That is entirely possible. Yeah. I mean, that's the perfect, that is the perfect is. scenario. And you know guys who are talking about that in the clubhouse. They're sure. aware of all this. And Absolutely. that is the perfect scenario. Mm-hmm. Is that we, all this time we spent talking about Minoan 162 goes out the window. And there is a path towards that. Mm-hmm. You know, it it would be a little more difficult if you didn't, if you hadn't already eliminated the Orioles. Or I should say, if the Jays hadn't already clinched the playoffs. Mm. It would have been a little it would have been a little more yeah. difficult. I mean, as much as possible, they've got their destiny in their hands. Yeah, right. The, way well, a the week left. What are they? Two games up. A week left. Whatever it is, two a game and a half. Uh, your division's done. Like, you've got the destiny in your hands. <laughs> yeah. The way, really they play,
1: the way they played at home against
0: the Yankees didn't look like they were listening. <laughs> Did, the first game was, uh, the, uh, first uh, game was a, the first game was the first game was. Yeah, uh, I mean the last two games. Yeah, you can't make that broad brush statement. That first game was pretty damn good. That was a good game. Mm-hmm. That was a playoff. That was game. a great game. The
1: the other the two games, two.
0: yeah, the, the last two games, um, uh, the, the last Flush two them games them were just sloppy. You're
1: Flush them as quick yeah. as possible. You got the Red Sox,
0: and you got the Orioles. I mean, it would be it would be lovely, be lovely to. Uh, so you say to, to, and to, and no? Mitch it'd White. be it'd be lovely to. to Bradley to Zimmer. pound the Red Sox into submission over the next three days, it would be. and 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 go into you know go into Baltimore with the spring in your step, but um, either way, uh, yeah, I just I just don't want I don't want the Guardians. I, I'm sorry, he, I just don't want to see these guys playing the Guardians. Plus, then you know you're on the road. Plus, it's outdoors on the road in crap weather.
1: I'm just saying, this is a team that's that screams, Steve. That's that screams. Defense and pitching—that yeah. does. Yeah. So, and, and I think nice I think that nice, my I confines. think that my team can hit more three-run homers than your team. I'll take my chances. I think you're overthinking it. All right, David Sampson is MLB analyst with CBS Sports
0: HQ. He's a former president of the Marlins, host of Nothing Personal, the podcast with David Sampson. He joins us next. Phone lines will continue to be open four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety 590, 590 is a text line. We will get to your calls throughout the next hour. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast.